0: But yeah, Seth, hopefully we remember everything about that trailer by the time we get to the listener question.
1: There were um, mutant turtles and batmans.
0: Wait, mutant turtles? Are you telling me that the bat of Gotham is real?
1: And I heard brothers. that was
0: just an urban legend.
1: Yeah, a supernatural bat, fella.
0: What? That's impossible.
1: Nothing's impossible with mutantated turtles. What?
0: Them giant well, well, toitles are
1: real too? No, yeah, I mean, that's us. We've known each other our whole lives. What
0: the f- is going on down there? See, see. Hey, Seth, welcome to the podcast.
1: Hi, Last time I last time I sat at this computer, I heard a podcast was before TFCon.
0: Yeah, Jiminy Cricket, and I'm still getting podcasts caught up as of when we're recording now because whatever. Uh, I'm now at the last stage of all the hard work because it took me a while to figure out what to do with that Sunday podcast because there was no good audio, uh, so I figured something out. So I'm going to fix that. I would have gotten it done a few days earlier, but I was also helping maintain the local Transformers TCG community by attending events. I just went to one tonight, and because I was there, we were able to fire an event off. So patting myself on the back. Uh, that hurt. But Seth, we got uh, some Lister questions to go through here. And uh, a little touch of news. But before we do that, Seth. Uh, with hey. the the new order of things that feels actually pretty good. Uh, we're going to start with what we got this week that's on topic.
1: Uh, I have not gotten anything since TFCon.
0: Uh-oh. Have you had any new... Um, I almost said perservations. That's not the word I'm looking for. Have you had any epiphanies about any of the stuff you got at TFCon, that whole, like, sampler plate of uh, of
1: small robot companies? I have not opened everything yet. <laughs>
0: Man, you just, just squeezing the blood from that stone, but in a good way.
1: Uh, well, just almost as soon as I got back, everything started going really bad at work. Mm-hmm. And like things have been good for about a year. And then in less than two weeks, we lost like four guys.
0: Just in time for Easter.
1: Just in time for Easter. And then immediately after Easter, we got in a, a massive new account mm-hmm. uh which is like 36 new SKUs of product. Yeah, yeah. So that is a massive increase in our workload with have a reduction found, in people.
0: Have you found that your little robot uh are kind of like a nice uh, drawn out reprieve now and then when you get the chance to crack any of the tape? Yes.
1: And I have been painting a lot more. I saw recently, you paint,
0: so. you I mean we well, I'm going to save that actually for the end, but I saw a thing you painted, and now I'm legit jealous because I, I base-coded those last year, and I still haven't painted them. Uh, the Night Vault um, ghost things.
1: The the spookies.
0: What are all fragile looking, yeah. Uh, remind me to 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 yell at you about that when we get to this the final topic of this okay. episode.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, pretty much, so I opened that little huffer there at the convention and since getting home i opened the um see i've already forgotten what they all are so the <laughs> the um the the cliff jumper masterpiece alike
0: oh yeah the uh the ocular max one
1: yeah devil fart or whatever his name is that's his name um, devil fart <laughs> yeah and uh that's pretty good it, it blends in pretty well with masterpieces mm-hmm. uh which is the whole reason i got them um you know complicated but not ridiculous yeah um i was able to transform without directions which uh is you like i'm not like puzzle master i can figure out any transform without directions i'm not that guy so if i can figure it out without directions then it's pretty sensible yeah (laughs)
0: No, I mean that, that's um, that's a, a laudable quality. Like if it if it's something that's high end, but it's not like you're locked out without a guide, or not yeah. not even that you're locked out, but also there's the thing where it's like it could be something you can figure out, but you feel like you might break something while you're doing it. That's another yeah. another bummer.
1: And it wasn't like I just sat there and was like do 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 done. It took me a little while, but I was able to I was able to figure it out. Like nothing was so ridiculous that it's like I have no idea what's going on. I yeah. figured it out, and then the um. Um that Optimus Prime I got. Was that uh That
0: was the small God. DX9 Optimus Prime, I believe. Uh was he, he was in a colorful box, is what I remember. I think so. Then that would be DX9 Warren Pocket. I forgot yes, his name. It was
1: the Warren Pocket, yes. And um it was missing a uh, part. Oh crap. When I opened his trailer up, the uh the little grabby arm, the little claw arm, mm-hmm. not there.
0: Do you remember who you bought it from?
1: Uh, TF source.
0: Well, you should be able to hit them up. They've they've helped me with uh, missing or damaged part on a figure I got at a convention before.
1: Yeah. It was the only one they had.
0: Let's see, hit them up, and they can pester DX Nine. That's kind of yeah. I think that's the the process
1: anyway. Okay. Anyway, so that's all I've opened so far.
0: All right. Uh, as for myself, <clears throat> on topic. Uh, today I got my, my two copies of Matrix of Leadership, the trading card that I needed for my Metroplex deck. Uh, and then I took that Metroplex deck into a little four-person uh, tourney, and I uh, I placed second. So, hooray for me. Uh, I also got really cheap at EB Games like, some weeks ago, actually. I just didn't open them until recently. The uh, <clears throat> the the Revenge of the Fallen uh, studio series Starscream with all the tattoos and the buzzsaw from the forest fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, EB Games had a... <clears throat> I got this phlegm going on. Not from Starscream. I didn't put him in my mouth. But uh, EB Games had put all of their Studio Series Voyagers on, on a really deep discount for a handful of days, and so I got him for like 20 Canadian dollars. Uh, and that felt pretty good. And I hadn't messed with Studio Series Starscream for a couple of weeks, so I transformed this one, uh, kind of felt my way through it, and was like, alright, this is a very good toy. So, uh, so that felt good. And uh, I haven't seen... Uh, any of the other new studio series locally yet i missed my my chance on sideswipe when i passed them up for base retail at walmart i'm still happy about that because i think eb games will get them in at some point but i haven't uh. seen those deluxes i haven't seen bumblebee movie optimus uh, i haven't seen wave 2 siege uh so i'm kind of just waiting for a whole lot of that stuff to turn up um and i, I talked about um uh, masterpiece beast wars megatron some time ago <clears throat> i'm trying to think if there's anything else um that I had from TFcon I didn't really touch on. I mean, I picked up uh the the Ocular Max RC in pink, the in the G1 colors, uh that is still I think one of the best toys made in the last year. Uh the the pink one has a some retooling uh, and some different parts on her feet. Uh, So she doesn't have high heels. She has like a G1 accurate flat foot. Uh, Originally, it was going to be a swappable part because there were people who were just like, I want them to have high heels. So they, they did the high heel parts on the stealth repaint. And I just, I think that they are not as well done. I think that the G1 accurate boots are better. And uh, also, the pink one has some some retooled little holes added to her pistol so they can peg onto her hips uh, as though they are slung there. It's a very good figure with a very good transformation and a very good alt mode. It's just all around very good. Uh, I highly recommend it. Uh, I think that's about it for my on-topic. I have a lot of off-topic what we got, to be honest. Um, and it's even relevant to things that I know Seth has laid hands on, is what I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, another... Thing I hope I remember to actually follow up on by the time we get there so uh, let's move into this first listener question from Triceradon who has but a single question for we podcasting people uh, as they type this question has con 2019 has been indefinitely postponed and most likely canceled as Hasbro considers moving out of the state of Rhode Island outright while TFCon is bigger than ever hosting its G1 reunion in Los Angeles and then after this question also like adding another one in the states in DC in October uh Meanwhile, Hasbro has begun offering Generations Selects, whose offerings seem to be filling in the same sort of niche that FunPub occupied. Uh, In fact, even better now. Uh, Hasbro Pulse is, in theory, a more fan-oriented experience than the old Hasbro toy shop. Do you think that, rather than attempting to resurrect a BotCon-esque experience, Hasbro has instead decided to cede the actual convention experience to fan-run organizations and offer the core draw of old BotCon online, at least for the near future? Thank you. Uh, I think that's got some legs that theory to be honest yeah like they're focusing on just doing the toy stuff that they are able to do and I think they'll still do a Hazcon but especially with them moving out of Rhode Island it seems like it's a real easy decision to make to not try to run that thing a second time at the you know at the same time as doing that
1: um, yeah or the same place so were they moving to LA was that the deal
0: I think so. But
1: to be closer to Hollywood.
0: I mean, perfect. Full transparency. My my saying yes is because that also just sounds extremely logical. I don't actually remember hundred percent, but that sounds like something that I remembered hearing. Uh, I don't want to go look it up, but I think that's the case. <laughs> <clears throat> I think they're moving closer to Hollywood. Uh but yeah, I think it is a hundred percent spot on uh a theory. And Generation Select is definitely doing it's not only fulfilling the niche fun pub occupied with like like they just released the the ricochet colored jazz combiner and the red swoop combiner limb, but like they're also now the source to do that Star Convoy. They just are, you know, are showing up that they're doing um a C like the sea Cons. Uh they had that silhouette of Super Megatron. Like, Generation Select seems to be bought con toys except we can also heavily retool like 80 percent of the figure as well
1: yeah uh Not so just we could kind of do a new head yeah and a piece of bubble gum to wrap around the head
0: exactly they're cutting out the middleman they're cutting out the the license thing that whole like extra layer of communication that seemed to at times just get in the way of stuff and they're just making it themselves and also selling it in japan through takara Tomi. and it it makes more sense i think uh it also makes more sense to, I think, seed the actual convention to fan run ones, because a fan run convention, I've heard it said this way, and I agreed with it at the time. I don't remember the details, but it's like, if a fan run convention takes on the license, that just means they have to run their convention and also answer to a corporate entity at the same time. And for, for usually very little gain other than the name official. So, yeah, I, I think this is this is kind of on the mark
1: yeah yeah i mean i kind of wonder what the future of a single property convention is going down the road like tfcon is doing all right i mean they're expanding so i mean they wouldn't be adding a third show a year if they weren't doing well um and maybe in a year or two it will be decided that they overreached and scale back i don't know
0: i i'm um, gonna be curious about 2020 like i i i know we talked about this before but i really can't imagine that three tf cons a year is the actual plan the way it's being run right now
1: yeah i i think didn't we talk about it on uh we did one of the shows yeah so i'm not going to reiterate yeah um, PS- it's the one
0: we recorded in the room
1: uh, yeah so I, I, you know, I had my criticisms of the idea already. So, uh, mm-hmm. um, I, I won't reiterate that here, but, um, like how many, like how many other single property conventions can you think of like there's Star Wars celebration Star
0: Wars celebration which one could easily say that that's that's not just a single property but that's a movie TV toy model everything franchise like that is uh, that is exponentially larger than Transformers still even though Transformers yeah, but, is
1: well yeah well you could argue that Transformers is a bunch of stuff too
0: you could, you could. I, I just think but Star Wars... Has, I'm not
1: saying it's on an equivalent level. I'm just saying yeah. it's it's a single... It's an annual convention for a single property.
0: Because I can think of Star Wars Celebration, and I can think of um, the, the He-Man convention. I always forget what it's called. It's the mm-hmm. one that they make He-Man toys for. And it's not annual. It's every two years. But they have regularly, every two years, had a Power Morphicon for Power Rangers and Tokusatsu stuff. Um as much as there have been a lot of criticisms about how that was being run last time. Um, yeah. But that's about it. Well, yeah, otherwise, I was about to say some more, but even Power Morphicon, it's not really for one property. It's it's kind of a tokusatsu convention on the back of Power Rangers. Yeah. Uh, monster, there's a bunch of monster cons I was about to talk about, but those are not like just for Godzilla. They are for kaiju in general. Yes, um, like Transformers and Star Wars and He-Man is all I can think of.
1: Yeah so so like the the idea of an official botcon coming back i think is pretty slim
0: it's gonna be hascon i think
1: yeah I, and i think hascon isn't a terrible idea like it sounds like they kind of borked it on their first try but they could learn and try something else
0: 100 percent, yeah but
1: then but then it's also like how much are they getting out of doing something like Hascon that they don't already get out of San Diego Comic-Con?
0: Yeah, that that and... I think a lot of Hascon was built on the back of Wizards of the Coast properties, and they get a lot out of going to Gen Con for that as well. Yeah. Uh, Because as far as I heard, Hascon was an excellent one-day event. As far as I heard from all sides, it sounds like everyone felt good about one day of Hascon. Everyone felt like... (laughs) two to three days of Hazcon was just running the same show three times for whoever could make it on a day that the, you know, they otherwise couldn't, uh-huh. I suspect Hazcon will turn into a one, a one day show perhaps. Cause it, it just sounds like it was at its best when it was a thing that someone went to for a day as a day trip with their family, ideally, uh, which yeah. I think was part of the goal. So. We'll see what they do next year. I, I don't think Hazcon is going to yeah. go away because it's a well, venue for you- them.
1: Yeah, even something like TFCon and BotCon when it still existed. Um if it wasn't for hanging out with folks, like I wouldn't need to be there 3 or 4 days.
0: Oh yeah, and that's the backbone of I think any convention really. It it's it's well, it's kind of there's 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 two extremes. There's the convention that is the backbone is the social aspect and the other extreme uh-huh. is Star Wars Celebration where the backbone is that there are five panels happening simultaneously permanently for the whole weekend (laughs) uh so i think like those those are your two extremes and a lot of conventions fall in the middle like i think a a convention that that wants to figure out how to survive without people socializing is is going to be one that runs once (laughs) and goes away afterwards uh yeah because
1: like santa rosa toy con is a one-day deal and i i'll go there and i'll see groups of folks hanging out together usually all dressed as homestuck characters still Uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um but yeah that's a one-day show yeah and like i i have trouble imagining that growing into a two-day thing i mean part of that is because they're in santa rosa
0: yeah (laughs) I think a lot of um, conventions have that as as kind of a growing pain they go through when they're a one day show that's kinda of local and they do well. The conversation is immediately do we expand to a two day show? And I think a lot of the smart ones will really evaluate that and often say, No, let's stay as a really good one day show. Yeah. Uh this has some relation to a fencing tournament that I'm tertially related to, but that's that's getting extremely off topic in ways I don't really feel like sharing. <laughs> but
1: it's yeah. a, well like santa rosa toy con it's like every year it gets better yeah like they get more guests they get better guests um the the dealer room has been evolving um like the first two years the dealer room was just awful it Mm -hmm. was like unless your whole collecting focus is stuff from the 90s and star trek next generation figures that's what you were after Boy, they got you covered.
0: That that sounds like a legit demographic I have seen <laughs> on YouTube, at least.
1: Yeah, well, it is not me. It <laughs> sh- certainly isn't me. But they've really been evolving, and just like this last year, there was a booth that had tons of figure arts. There was another booth that had qu- a pretty good amount of uh, hot toys. Mm-hmm. Um super seven has been there like three years in a row
0: that's fantastic though like like Um, to have them locally available quote-unquote like that's probably a big boon yeah it's like an hour away yeah
1: to just drive up um so it's it's evolving and getting better um but because of its location i can't see it growing into a multi-day thing oh yeah it's just too far away from stuff
0: and I doubt that the folks running it would really want it to either. Because the the moment you become multi-day, for instance, Super Seven, right? The moment you uh-huh. become a multi-day show, you're asking them to stay overnight now. Yeah. Uh you're asking all the dealers to stay overnight, technically. And that's that's a big that that is a big ask when something's doing well and it's a one-day thing. Uh like oh, there there used but... to be call at TFCon to have the Thursday become part of the thing or have the Friday be a full day. And as I recall, one of the big I mean there's many reasons not to. but One of the big reasons is like it, it's considered that it would probably be hard to convince the dealers to to put that extra day into this trip when they're already uh-huh. having to put like they already have to get there Wednesday most of the big ones to set up for most of Thursday and Friday. Yeah. So they they just couldn't do it.
1: Um well one thing that uh San Rosa Toy Con has that TF Con doesn't have that comic-con doesn't have pro wrestling
0: thought you were about to say Rob Liefeld, uh, con <laughs> could have pro wrestling if there was room for it, because TF cons main organizer has a ton of wrestling contacts because there's always a wrestler at the one day toy shows. So I feel like you're right, but I feel like if if someone was actually going to challenge Colin on that real hard, he'd be like all right well brooklyn brawler's gonna be at tfcon 2020
1: (laughs) well just because he's there doesn't mean he's working a show
0: true oh until there's a
1: ring until there's a ring yeah and people are working a show
0: because you guys have there's there's lots of i was gonna say bay area but there's a bunch of there's a bunch of outlets over there you got uh you got hood slam and etc
1: uh hood slam in the city we got uh um phoenix pro wrestling based in in petaluma i don't think they're all petaluma guys but they perform at the phoenix theater yeah um yeah and i'm sure there's more (laughs) i just don't really know about
0: yeah okay that that's one where i will 100 percent give it to you colin could get retired wrestlers to come in i don't think he'd get working ones to come in unless he knows something i don't and i i don't know his life so he Maybe he's got that in his back pocket, this entire like like Toronto indie scene. Like just <laughs> he's just been waiting to get an extra ballroom. <laughs> yeah. Uh anyway. I hope that answers your question, Tricerodon. I think that you're like I said when we at the beginning, basically, I think that you're on the mark. I think uh right now the value is seen that like fans are putting in the work to create those social experiences, Hasbro's putting in the work to create the toys. And in the gray zone in the middle, third-party companies are making their own exclusives for TFCon that TFCon doesn't have to actually pay for because they're just showing up with them. So it's all evening out. Everyone's figuring out what they. Everyone's figuring out the work they don't have to do. If that makes any sense. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's uh, a great scam that they're running. Hey, can you produce an exclusive that you do all on your own?
0: <laughs> it's, it's the thing is, it's not even like I don't think it was originally. Uh, the brainchild tfcon it came from the pain years after uh i called them the pain years after the the original um shafter because shafter sold so well because he was a small affordable toy with a fun gimmick behind him and then tfcon tried to organize tfcon exclusives and it got it got complicated and messy and then also other third parties would just show up with exclusives anyway so it's like what if we just stop organizing it as i understand it and then they just show up with them anyway, and that's what happens. And, then, and to the point where attendees start to get miffed if there are not 300 to $400 of exclusives at every show for them to purchase, as I discovered in L.A. Uh, th- there were people who were getting miffed that Mastermind Creations only had $15 Penguin wine packs. And I remember thinking, like, what a weird... Uh, complaint yeah. to have that you <laughs> you can't spend four hundred dollars on exclusives easily yeah uh but that's
1: just well me. i you can't know? spend four hundred dollars on exclusives easily because i can't afford that sort of thing
0: <laughs> no this was this was the oh you guys don't have exclusives i guess i gotta go get the make toys ones then and it's kind of like oh man all right make toys ones look nice but it's kind of kind of weird that you're getting them because you couldn't get the other ones you could also just use the money elsewhere if you really that wanted.
1: was the uh Starscream and Blue Optimus right
0: uh yeah and then if you bought the yeah. the pack of both of them there was a there was like a gift bag that also had a G2 Inferno in it the joke being oh. it was just Make Toys Inferno with a water gun <laughs> uh
1: um that Starscream was really cool looking it was
0: I wish I could I wish I could have justified I, getting I,
1: one yeah i was looking at they had the uh the three regular like G one colored seekers in the case and I was looking at that star scream and then I was looking back over my shoulder at the exclusive and I went I think the exclusive looks cooler.
0: The exclusive was really loving. I mean I kinda wanna just I kinda wanna just if if it was reasonable that's that's a buy six of the same toy I'd actually feel pretty good about because I have the G1 Starscream. And Make Toys made an incredibly good Seeker toy uh, that I would be into buying six times. Uh, it's just difficult when they're that scale, obviously. Um, yeah. It's still not something I've written off entirely. <laughs> I don't know. It actually says terrible things about me. I, I, I'm not going to do it anytime soon, but fingers crossed. Uh that brings us actually to our first piece of, or our only piece of news. News I wanted to touch on, just because this got revealed, and this was this is filling in a bit of a gap uh, in in the story. Three uh, A uh, recently did the full reveal on their premium scale Bumblebee movie, Bumblebee. Now they have that deluxe one. Uh, that they had a few copies of at TFCon and had on display there. Uh, it's, that's the kind of seven inch one. I would say seven inches. It's six to eight inches, if I remember right. It's the smaller one that's got lots of die cast. It's under 150 American dollars. It's very posable. Feels like a Flame Toys toy. Um, and that's not their usual modus operandi. And a whole bunch of people said, hey, but are you still doing a giant one? And they said they are, and that's what this one is. Uh, this is their usual premium scale stuff, 14-inch tall scale, uh, 90 points of articulation. It's got die cast in it. It's, it's full of LEDs. It's got poseable hands. It comes with the uh, the blade that the small one doesn't have. Uh, and the it the articulated ab panel actually has the cassette player detailing that the smaller one didn't have. So this is, this is kind of like, hey, if the small one wasn't enough for you and you want an even bigger even more accurate movie Bumblebee Bumblebee than this is kind of the one. Uh,
1: if you didn't want the smaller one because you're also the sort of person that was mad that there wasn't over $400 of exclusives to buy, <laughs> have we got news for you?
0: I, I'm i really happy how much they went in on what what could have been a very phoned-in release, in my opinion. Like, they could have just done a 14-inch tall Bumblebee and just like, just like the, the DX one and just called it there. I appreciate... That for its scale, they're taking advantage of that size with the posable hands, the extra little bits that were missing on the small one, and the four pairs of interchangeable eyebrow parts. So you can have them with normal eyebrows, angry eyebrows, sad eyebrows, or squinting eyebrows. That was also exactly one feature that I suddenly really wanted on the small one was swappable faces with different expressions. Uh, it feels like they listened to a bunch of our feedback on this big one, <laughs> where they have the room to do all those swappable eyebrow parts. Uh, so yeah, if you really like that movie and you wanna you wanna get all in on a 450 or just shy of 450 US dollar Bumblebee that's 14 inches tall and does everything the movie one did that wasn't transforming, then you're all set. And if it's built anything like their other premium scale figures, it's gonna be a big stonk and durable toy that's fun to play with. That's been my experience with their premium scale stuff. If this one carries in any of the engineering expertise from the deluxe one, that's going to be pretty fantastic. So uh, I'm curious to see how this turns out. Uh, And I'm happy that they're doing it now that it has all these extra features. Uh, Of course, it's outside of the purview of, I think, most of the people who listen to the podcast. But uh, having handled their premium stuff, I still like to talk about it now and then. Uh, That's all I really got on this. Seth, have you got anything else about this, uh, this feller?
1: uh no i assume it's going to be great because um i had to start thinking about if i i needed to get it the the smaller one seeing it in the case at tfcon Mm -hmm. um i don't think pictures really do these things justice no they don't it was easy enough seeing pictures of the small one online and being like yeah you know it looks cool but there's no way i'm buying that and then seeing it in person going like Am I gonna buy
0: that? <laughs> I mean that that one also has going for it that it's sub one hundred and fifty dollars and it's it looks that good.
1: Well, the uh, fact that it was sold out before I even got a chance to see it, yeah, um, that helped uh, me not buy it.
0: <laughs> and it certainly but, wasn't wasn't necessarily the plan on their end. They uh, they they sure wanted to sell yeah. some more. Uh, yeah,
1: no, the there was a miscommunication. Yeah, and. Uh, well, I witness a missed sale. I witnessed somebody trying to buy it and having to be told that they didn't have any more. Yeah. Um, so they could have at least sold one more than they had. Well, and, <laughs> and everything you're saying... even that, more than that.
0: Everything you're saying about the small ones uh, is like doubly so for the premium scale ones. Like Motherbase, yeah. the store in town here, has uh, three, I believe, of their Transformers 5 premium scale figures on display. Just in like eye level uh, cabinets. And those things are insane to look at, They and like, yeah. especially knowing how uh, nice they are in hand, uh, you know, durability hand feel wise. Like Obviously, parts can break. They're not like they're not like super durable to- kids toys. It's just that usually high end stuff that's over a foot tall comes with the caveat of it's probably, you know, museum fragile. Like you got to kind of yeah. be careful with it. Uh, obviously, you got to be careful with these things to a degree. But as far as their actual joints and posing them. Uh, all the ones from uh, movies uh, like fr- from movie three, I think, are the ones I've handled. The Optimus and the Starscream. Uh, I-, I felt like I could just pose the things and kind of not think about it. Like, I'd, I'd, you know, with my base level of carefulness, I didn't have to really concentrate a whole lot and worry that I'm going to break something. There's just lots of big ratchet joints, uh, lots of big, thick parts. So I- I'm I'm hoping to see this in person at Mother Base as well. Uh, I got to poke yeah. them and tell them, hey, you should get one for your display in store. Yeah. So I can look yeah, well, at there's,
1: it. There is no way I would get one of these really big ones. One of these over $400 really big ones. There's no way. You have
0: a 14-inch um, tall bumblebee just chilling out in, on a chair.
1: Yeah, just, no, that's just, ridiculous. With a knife and a fork uh, but, and a bowl. <laughs> yeah, but the smaller one for about 150 was... That's way more doable. Oh, yeah. And way more tempting. Um yeah. And now that I have distance from it, it's easier to not get it, but... Uh, I would not slight anyone for getting it. I think it looks great.
0: I I still really hope some of, another feature on this one. There's all these features on this one that I was. I'm hoping bonus parts down the road could maybe add to the small one. Like this one also has you can switch the eye LEDs from blue to red. And I'm like, if you guys could do up more hands and face expression plates, uh, or face swaps for the small one, and then like a new head with red LEDs and the blade. And then there's just some more hands and stuff, just more express expression parts, as like pack-ins with other deluxe figures. I would be so happy. Uh I don't know how feasible that is, but I'm I'm hoping that if I say it a bunch of times on the podcast, it will, by osmosis, at least get onto a whiteboard somewhere. Um anyway, I just wanted to touch on that because uh cause it, it popped up, and I like their stuff. Uh that brings us to a listener question from Malunas T that me and Seth did some preparatory work for at the top of the podcast. Because Maluna's T says, have you all seen the trailer for Batman versus Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Apparently it's based on an IDW crossover. And uh, we just watched it uh, right before uh, we recorded. Um, so before I go into the actual question, uh, Seth, my main takeaway is that you don't like how anyone looks in it.
1: Uh, I don't like how the turtles look with all, all their right. different shaped heads. And <laughs> Raphael looking like Thing from the Fantastic Four. Um, I also don't like giant, tall Ninja Turtles. Like, mm. I I feel like Michael Bay might have something to do with that because his his movie Turtles were gigantic. Um, I'm used to the Turtles being kind of short.
0: So you're in, you're into you're into um not at eye level
1: Turtles. G1 Turtles.
0: You want you want to look down on Turtles. You don't <laughs> like it when they can look down on you.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No no i don't like having to look up to a amphibious reptile all right <laughs> I, that.
0: I, I, I like i like how this thing looks i lost track i saw this trailer some time ago when it first popped up and i actually don't know if this movie came out yet i forgot to check for the release date when we looked at it uh before the recording but uh it
1: might be fun i mean the i like that it's like a gray costume batman and not a black costume batman it's a little more a little more old schooly, like a little more 70s 80s looking yeah
0: he's got the yellow circle for
1: the for the batman yeah um so so that's that's a nice change of pace like he's not too grim darky batman he he seems a little gravelly though
0: yeah it's Um, that it's that nicer looking batman but then they also give him damian wayne robin and uh batgirl of something something from that that series that apparently was really good that comic run where she's got the mm -hmm. uh the leather jacket look
1: yeah, I don't uh, care so much for Demi and Wayne.
0: Yeah, I, I'm I'm of I no minds about
1: they don't care so much for murder robin.
0: I'm 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 of I'm of no <laughs> minds about Damien Wayne. I'll I leave that up to the, the delivery. There's there's a way to make him work. I think it's harder than making him not work. If that makes any sense. <laughs> but the actual question here, uh also because this is based on an IDW and Ninja Turtles crossover, uh Aluminus wonders what kind of Transformers crossovers would be fun to see animated. The one with G1 Transformers and animated original series Star Trek. The one where the X-Files crew investigates the concept of transforming vehicular robots. Maybe the one with Mars attacks. Uh, which do you think would be the most fun to see? I actually forgot about the X-Files one. I think that I think that exists. I'm assuming it does because it was in the question. But I think that might have been related to the zombie event that they did. Um, IDW did a, a cross properties zombie event some years ago, which is where uh, Cup actually canonically disappeared for several years. Um, <sighs>
1: Was it all like Scully? And there's robots that turn into cars. Mulder, you idiot. And then, <laughs> oh, you were right all along, Mulder. I don't think ah. that
0: the X Files crew ever actually met a Transformer. I think it was more wow. of a cute thing because they were just being published by the same thing. But the Mars Attacks one was very much in a G1 style and was really fun. Uh, Mars Attacks vs. Transformers is a one-shot book that I think any fan should read if they have joy in them. Uh, it's really fun. Uh but if I was going to say they should, they should do it, should be G1 Transformers in original series Star Trek. I, I, I marathoned that five-issue miniseries a couple weeks ago, and it was fantastic. And I would love to see that animated in the style of Sunbow animation on the robots and whatever the original series Star Trek animation was uh, on those guys. It was I really, really like good.
1: That really stiff two frames of animation star trek show Th- those were the character models
0: for they, they did sunbow character models with those character models for the star trek guys right down to the nice. bridge crew having the cat lady and the weird orange dude
1: and so in your animated dvd um are they animated to that level like the transformers look like sunbow level animation and the star trek guys are are a uh, original trek cartoon
0: so for the for the pitch video for the two minute teaser pitch i would want that
1: the the sizzle reel
0: yeah yeah for the actual production (laughs) i would like them to use those models but animate them better uh because there's there's some stuff that the book does that i think goes outside of the purview of that star trek thing um and a little outside the purview of sunbow transformers seth it was a really good book (laughs) i really enjoyed
1: it I, i believe you um, so are we limited to IDW crossovers being animated? Um or well, could yeah, this be anything? I think it can, it can be obviously, anything obviously the answer is G.I. Joe.
0: I think it could be anything. It's just that if if we're gonna if we're gonna actually pick one like the Transformer Star Trek one now has this basically five issues of perfect storyboards to do it, so that's the one I'd have to back. But yeah, G.I. Joe would there, there's very few ways to do it badly. It, <sighs> there's even I mean the the Dreamwave, I think. It was, was it Dreamwave who had the one with the Matrix-powered broadcast energy transmitter? And, like... I don't know. The one, the one with the Matrix-powered BET and Ser- Serpent Ore. That was the best crossover they ever did. And I, I, you could just make that into a cartoon, honestly.
1: And then didn't everyone hate uh, Transformers on Avengers?
0: No, I don't think anyone hated it. It's just no one talks about it because it had a really good concept. I, I thought I it,
1: remember seeing people like, Oh, that sucked.
0: Maybe at the time. I don't know, but
1: the more people hate it, the more I want that to be the answer.
0: I I think a lot of people don't like it for various reasons of canonicity, which is kind of like, well, then let's just say it's not canon. Like, that was the only thing that held that back, because I think it was being written with the idea that it would at least be canon to the IDW universe at the time. And that just made it harder to read because you were having to parse why all this stuff's going on and you never hear about New York, basically (laughs) being full of super people. But uh-huh. it was it was fun, you know. You mix that with some of the really fun Metamorph stuff. You ba- have Doctor Doom be the villain, and it, and there's a giant Doctor Doom transformer, and you're good to go. Like full stop. Yeah. Megatron, yeah, bot. Megatron turns into that pistol Doctor Doom has uh, on his on his holster.
1: Yeah. Um, and then Unicron shows up right before Galactus shows up, and eats Unicron.
0: mm Hmm. get into a battle
1: no unicron versus galactus trying to eat each other
0: yeah they're just biting each (laughs) other constantly (laughs) (laughs)
1: um then if we time machine back to the the mid-late 90s then they could cross over with aliens because everything crossed over with either aliens or predator
0: Aliens with Transformers could be interesting if someone really leans into the, the the larger kind of bio horror of it. The boring one is where someone just goes like, "What if uh, there was a, a Transformer had a chest burster and it was a Transformer alien and it spat acid blood?" And then that was the whole thing. No,
1: that's, that
0: that would be the whole thing. Well, but yeah, but if that's the whole, I don't know. If that's the whole thing, then we're talking. We're talking. Paul, what's his name? movie directors alien versus predator tier where it's like we're gonna we're gonna figure out that they fight and then write a movie as opposed to
1: as opposed to just adapting the alien versus predator comic book that was great yeah that original alien versus predator comic book was great Mm -hmm. and then they said we're gonna do a movie and i was like oh that i love that comic book
0: like, and they had like, the it, girl from it, it. They had the we lady. With, that. They had the Japanese lady in not, it.
1: Not, not for real, though.
0: I know, but it had her, she had the name. <laughs> there was the part where she used the part of an alien his armor, and I remember that kind of.
1: Uh... No, it was a great setup. Humans colonized this planet. They are raising cattle. What well, was it? Cattle? It was like space cows, um livestock. Yeah. The predators had you have been using it as a hunting planet, like once a generation or something like that. So they hadn't been back since the human showed up. They just shoot a bunch of alien eggs down on the planet and give the aliens a couple days to get going so they could come hunt them. Oops. They didn't know there was all this life on the planet that wasn't there last time predators show up there's way more aliens than they bargained for and the one human lady who is badass enough to get in cool with the predators
0: yeah no i i had this discussion with people when that movie came out and they said this whole idea is bunkum and i had to go like no it it isn't but i had to say that tears in my eyes with this kind of terrible movie you know ending behind me like the crazy person on a hill going like no really this can work if they hadn't cataclysmically screwed it up in several really oddly key ways this could have worked there's a pyramid in the ice even just the predator suit actors being bad suit actors like lumbering around like gorillas rather than like (laughs) predators
1: Yeah, <laughs> like they hadn't seen the Predator movies. <laughs> yeah, I
0: remember the first time a Predator and an alien size each other up, the suit actors, alien suit actor was always spot on, but the Predator suit actors, the direction they were given I- erased every little bit of coolness from that scene because they just walked up like like a linebacker because they were in a big suit and no one told like no one directed them so they're like well i guess <laughs> if i'm in this big muscle suit i'm gonna march up with my chest thrust out like a muscle man and it's like that's not how predators walk around they...
1: <laughs> i started watching that movie once with the intent of like okay i'm just gonna see and uh i quit on it before a predator or an alien showed up
0: so the the sequel the sequel movie it's worse but it's actually a lot more fun because the avp2 movie if you watch it and you just start making up the dialogue for the main predator character is really funny (laughs) because it it he hasn't really got any dialogue but you can intuit this completely unintentional subplot into the film because he's basically an incompetent predator who is left at home on the home world He's the one who sees the signal that, you know, some, something's going on over by Earth. And he so he personally is like I'm going to go deal with this. And he just screws up constantly. Uh and then and the, the movie ends with him basically blowing himself up in shame and it's like it's really funny. <laughs> it's a really fun movie. Uh anyway, yeah, that tra- that Transformers Star Trek one is excellent. Also, the comic book is really excellent. It's not all that expensive, I think anymore. You should, if, if you if you want to have some fun, give that a read. Uh, it, it's a comic that knows precisely how to use all those characters. Uh, it's a perfectly written animated Captain Kirk, uh, in that he is a super special boy. He's basically a Mary Sue. <laughs> he's he's the one who's able to use Fort Max technology to binary bond with an entire Enterprise whatever class starship, and someone literally at one point says how's he operating the starship the, that whatever class starship by himself that takes at least a bridge crew of 7 and then like someone like spock goes like if anyone can james t kirk can and i'm like this is perfect because this is exactly how kirk is represented in these kind of stories like it reads like if if captain kirk had written a transformers and himself crossover fiction in his in his lobby or something uh one night his lobby his uh, his quarters
1: down in his lobby
0: in his captain's lobby (laughs) i really liked it it's got fortress tiberius in it uh it's got klingons oh it also has a panel that shows in the style of the original series animated show it has a panel showing the eugenics war uh with those costumes from tng when they talked about the eugenics war like those big kind of puffy like um environmental suits that those people were wearing like the big box suits and like the, the weird drug pipe going into their nose but it's drawn like that Hanna-Barbera cartoon <laughs> anyway check that comic out while you do uh, we've got a listener question here from the GD Megatron which I think stands for god damn
1: oh not um... goofy dolly Good dog,
0: the good dog. Hey, maybe it is. Maybe that'd be a cool name for a, for a good dog. Hey, Megatron, go get my slippers. Woof woof. Hey, Megatron, eat this intruder. Woof woof. I'd be down. The question I mean, reads: He
1: turns into a gun. Yeah, that too.
0: Also, my dog Shoot turns him. into a gun. <laughs> Don't ask questions. Good breeding. Uh, hello, Vangelis and WTFers. As a lover of music, as much as I am Transformers, I'm always trying to make my ideal Transformers soundtrack. I do my best to avoid cliches like Stan Bush's The Touch whenever adding a song to the playlist. Yeah. Having there's a... better. Oh, boy. Uh, having a variety of different genres and artists like Met- Metallica, Florence and the Machine, Depeche Mode, and so on. I'd like to know if any of you do the same with Transformers or any other franchises you enjoy. Thanks for looking at my question and all the best wishes. Uh, so it's not, I don't think it has to be specifically you make a playlist for franchises you like, but do you have any like any music you kind of associate with Transformers or that you wish was in a Transformers soundtrack? Because I have a billion answers for this. Uh, oh, boy. I've yelled um, about
1: it for many years. But A song that I specifically, or a band that I specifically wish, wish was involved in a Transformers franchise? Uh, you mean besides Linkin Park? <laughs> yeah, um. like we've already got the... Pr- no, I mean, Sorry besides who besides
0: imagine dragons we already have the perfect ones involved they made the... wasn't
1: lincoln park on all the soundtracks imagine dragon
0: did the one good movie the the fourth one
1: oh, that's right i said it. yeah but they only did one
0: yeah they did the good one they and then, weren't
1: good enough to come back
0: no they didn't want to because they knew it was going to get bad again so they were did like
1: imagine a dragon <laughs> did they get their own um oh. like limited edition sound wave no they didn't need that kind of vapid
0: validation they were just fine making the live action movie version of the touch uh as i've said before
1: i I like i like actual dragons not imagined ones
0: uh that's a different band imagined dragons i'm talking about imagine dragons
1: (laughs) thank you they're just like hey man why don't we just just why don't we just imagine some dragons man (laughs) Oh, far out. You've, I like using my imagination.
0: You've apparently watched more interviews with them than I have. <laughs> I forgot the name of the song.
1: How did you guys decide on your name? Imagine Dragons. Well, we were just sitting around and I was like, could you imagine if there were dragons? And the other guys were like, whoa, yeah, that would be crazy. I can imagine dragons.
0: I think they're from Britain.
1: Yeah, that was my British accent. Oh, good. <laughs> obviously, <laughs> British people sound like American stoners.
0: Yeah, Bay Area Britain. It's, uh, well, Seth, do you have any, do you have any music you think should have been involved with Transformers at some point? Just something that seems like it'd be suitable.
1: <sighs> well, if we were to roll back to, um. 80s transformers like the 86 movie mm-hmm. instead of uh using a weird al yankovic style parody of devo i could have seen devo being used in in that sort of a condition
0: oh yeah do, do you um, think they would have been down it would have been like yeah transforming robots let's it,
1: it's hard to say because it i think it would come down to if If uh Gerald Casselli thought it was funny,
0: yeah, I mean <laughs> like that... if
1: he thought it would be funny to do it like like if Hasbro rolled up on him and was like, "Hey, we want to use this wildly inappropriate song in in this wrong context, then they would have been like, "Yes, absolutely." I mean, that's amazing. <laughs> this,
0: what they would have presented with is we want to use one of your songs in a scene where a giant planet of junk, because that's our statement about capitalism, uh, full of robots built out of that junk are going to have a dance party with everyone. They were just fighting because someone said nonsense words at them and it worked.
1: Yeah. And then they use the song space junk.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's it's hard. It wrote itself. You don't even have to space junk. Um, yeah, or a later song, Mechamania Boy, might have been good.
0: Yeah, that's um, for the headmasters. And,
1: yeah, and that's a, that's a deep cut. That's that's not even on any of the regular records.
0: Yeah, that's because that, someone that was be- like
1: a bonus track on a uh on a Infinity Records release.
0: That's for that's for the true fans.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, so Devo would have been cool. Yeah. Like when uh like a few years ago like th- this is why I think they would do it if they thought it was funny. Um because the song out of con- like they're using the song out of context and the song has like a bad uh <laughs> connotation to it. Like a few years ago probably longer ago Target uh, contacted the band saying, "Hey, we want to use your song Beautiful World in our Target commercials." And they were like beautiful world is about how awful the world is that's great please do that
0: <laughs> i feel i I vaguely remember you telling me about this at the time or something it came up in a podcast i can't remember if it was even on the record or not but this sounds familiar i like that yeah. they're into it as well like they get the joke yeah uh it's a slight tangent it's kind of like there was a a thing where I discovered there's clips of it on YouTube, but you know that band Muse
1: not personally, but I've heard of them
0: yeah they are right. you should invite them over sometime uh in in uh sometimes when they're when they're doing like a tour of like music shows in Europe, which is a th- kind of more of a thing there than over over in our continent um or interviews you know abroad. Uh, people who are interviewing them wouldn't necessarily know which band member does what or which one is which. All they know is that they have Muse on. Uh, and then a lot of these shows wouldn't let them play live. They would want them to mime playing while they would play the actual music like over the loudspeakers. Yeah. So Muse, what they would do, because A, they don't really like doing that. And B, is kind of like, also, you don't seem to know who each of us are. There's like at least one on YouTube where they all just swapped jobs. So the front man was, was operating the drums. Uh, like the bass player did the interview as though he was the front man and singer. Uh, and then when they, when whenever, in any case, when they have to do overdub music performances, they will make it really obvious that they're not actually playing the instruments. Because they'll just start going nuts. They'll, like, they'll do gigantic, uh, like acrobatic movements when they're doing anything uh i think there's one bit where where uh the lead dude like tried to look like he was playing a guitar solo with his mouth um because they'll just be like whatever everyone knows that we're not actually playing so let's have some fun with it uh i i enjoy again that kind of level of uh being in on the situation and seeing how to make it fun
1: uh yeah uh, too bad johnny rotten did that on american bandstand in 1980
0: uh, I've never otherwise heard...
1: i'd be more impressed if it wasn't old the news
0: i've <sighs> never heard of american music i didn't know you guys made any of that stuff
1: johnny rotten is british so oh. he talks like this man <laughs> oh god oh god
0: i was talking about the the whatever show thing you were referencing that i haven't seen <laughs> That's a oh, American I was bandstand? To, I was America's tra- bandstand? I was
1: trying to think have never heard of, of American
0: Bandstand? I was trying to think of a non-dismissive way to say it while I was saying that thing I've never heard of, and I was like, well, this ain't gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> I've already been a jerk by accident and by nature, I guess. Uh Seth uh, uh what my answer for this is as I will say the whole time. Anything electronic and industrial is inherently more suitable to the Transformers than any other music ever associated with the Transformers. Full stop. Uh, And before anyone says, but Stan Bush and the touch and the lion performance of the theme song. The entire frigging 86 movie soundtrack was industrial synth music. Unicron's theme is straight up hard industrial on soft synth instruments. Uh, So... If I were to say for a modern thing, who should do the music? Not to say they're they full industrial. They just have a lot of that good machine sound. Uh, but the current version of uh, current current version of Perturbator, especially with their their recent, not, you know, somewhat recent EP. Uh, uh, what was it called? The new something. I just remember there's this, a track on it called Vanta Black, uh, and there's a thing called Tainted Empire that I think is perfect for Transformers, but. Perturbator's uh, most recent oh birth of the new model I think is the new model is this is the EP and birth of the new model is one of the tracks on it that whole EP is is free to listen to on YouTube I think I'm going to go double check but go listen to to that uh EP uh, it's like seven tracks I believe 6 or 7 tracks uh it's called Perturbator new model that whole thing is utterly perfect yeah it's it's 34 and a half minutes long it's utterly perfect for Transformers, in my opinion. Uh, and there's some Carpenter Brute stuff that's really good for it, too. But Carpenter Brute is also just friggin' incredible at music. Uh, you could you could use him for uh, just about anything, I think. Um, that, that's who I would, I would want to see on there. I know a lot of people will say, what about other things? And there's other things, but... Just good, electro-industrial, hard, heavy music th- completely fits with Transformers, in my opinion. And just about every single storytelling theme they've ever had, even at their worst. It, it's all spot-on solid uh so i hope that answers your question the gd megatron um we've talked about music so i'll throw out that that thing like music is is definitely uh, a more uh heated subject uh than politics oh, or religion yeah. so um
1: it certainly can get that way
0: yeah please please keep it real in the thread don't go nuts on anyone especially not me for saying that all my music is better because it is woo uh, you can come at us on twitter um that's always also
1: open. Also, Michael Sambello's automatic man is the best choice. I can't for w- any anything.
0: I can't watch this link right now. I have to look at this later on after we're done. No, it's <laughs> v-
1: listener at home, run don't walk to your nearest internet capable device. Uh go to the YouTube and type in automatic man. Check out the original <laughs> music video. It is an experience don't be on drugs it might be too intense
0: <laughs> artist name is michael Sembello. check it out
1: he did um he did uh the the maniac song for the uh for the dancing movie uh the, she's a maniac she's a maniac <laughs> oh, on the floor okay. yeah yeah that right. one flash dance
0: <laughs> yes okay
1: he did that and it, it was originally written to be a song about uh movie slashers <laughs> and he reworked it to be about a lady dancing. That's why she's a maniac.
0: (laughs) Carpenter Brute have a pretty darn good album recently that is very relevant to movie slashers called Leather Teeth. The whole concept album, it's like the soundtrack to an 80s slasher movie called Leather Teeth, and it's really good. Uh, I highly recommend it. Carpenter Brute and Perturbator are also very easy to listen to because either they or their labels, I always forget which, generally put their entire albums up on YouTube. And Perturbator's whole category is pay what you want on Bandcamp. So uh, it's pretty easy to legit get a hold of. Uh, I'll throw another one I like in there, Dance with the Dead. They're pretty good too. Anyway, that's uh, our music corner. Um, So Seth, let's get into some off-topic what we got this week. Uh, At which point, now I will close the circle on this. You painted the Briar Queen and her Night Haunt crew from uh, Warhammer Night Vault
1: word thorns of the briar queen thorns
0: of the briar queen uh i have played a little bit of night vault and i really like playing as that that team and i haven't I, played yet
1: but i'm looking forward
0: to to it it is a fun game uh depending on how you guys look at the game this is what i've understood because i've seen people say the game is unbalanced but then when you ask them which team they've said either or uh i think you need to modify one of the decks i think one of the decks, I think it's the Stormcast deck, might be a little underpowered as it's built out of the box, but the cards in the box can fix some of the holes if you start feeling like stuff isn't working. But that is a, that is a fun and super fast game, and Thorns of the Briar Queen are super fun to play as. I love those models, and you painted them before me, even though you bought them, like, this year, and I've had them since last year.
1: <laughs> like, so soon ago, I would consider them as a what we got. Yeah. Um. Yeah, no, I kind of bought the box and then primed them up and i was originally attending to paint the storm casters first but uh uh i didn't <laughs> and you didn't have anything break on the thorns nope and one of them i dropped and it uh bounced and skidded about about six feet away and it was fine because i haven't broken anything on them But
0: those models have some parts that terrify me, like the Briar Queen's spirally thorn thing. I'm like, I have a special cutout in a foam case for her, because I'm like, I don't want anything to bump into this.
1: Yeah, um, the dude holding the key ring and the candle, Mm -hmm. I had someone warn me that a lot of people have had the hand holding the key ring break off.
0: Yeah, can confirm. And... i can confirm uh i read up on it and then was extremely careful with it when i was putting them together
1: Uh, i didn't know and i just uh put it together and it's fine um now the picture that i tweeted of it um it does look like there was a break on the wrist and i had glued it back together Uh, that is in fact not the case that is just um like a shadow
0: yeah no when when i saw the when i saw it was uh, it was random factor made the reply uh i saw the picture and i was like oh no i can see it too and then when you said it wasn't i was like man if you hadn't said anything i would have been like hey good job just not even mentioning the crack <laughs> uh because
1: yeah no, those... they were fun to paint though yeah um i went with green instead of the on box blue because i only have like two shades of blue And I have like five shades of green. And I ended up using three of them. Um, And I I like green and black as a color combination a lot. And all the Disney villains uh, that use magic, uh, the magic is always green. Like green fire or green smoke. Or or I think there's even a shot in The Lion King, the original animated film, um, where Scar is doing some evil stuff and there's just like green highlight coming from off frame.
0: Yeah, there's uh there's a shot with like I was going to say I was going to say that there's like straight up green smoke in some shot, but maybe I'm misremembering.
1: Yeah, well there know, might be. It's been a long about. time since I've seen Lion King. But like I never I never put those pieces together um until I saw a video not too long ago where the person was like, "Yo, you know, everything's green." And I was like, "Oh my god, it is all green. That's that's something."
0: Ninja Turtles um, are evil, it turns
1: out. Yeah. So, like, when I was kind of thinking about it, and I was like, ah, I just want to do green instead of blue. Um, it's weird, because... Then I started thinking of the Disney thing, and I was like, hey, you know, I bet a lot of people are like I was, and just didn't realize that was a deal. And there's probably some subconscious thing that a lot of us have developed from an, a lifetime of Disney movies. Um that you may subconsciously just recognize that as the evil magic color yeah and uh, then i just did them green and i am pleased with how they turned out even though i'm terrible at blending oh i'm, um, I'm and when I'm, you look at them close you could clearly see layers of color
0: <laughs> i'm not i'm not terribly good at it uh I'm, I'm i'm mostly what i do that i found works i've been i've been learning how to do glazing uh which is not quite the same but it, it's e- i find it easier to do from for my own skill set yeah so when you kept saying that they were blue so here's this how this is the thing the special night haunt colors they have is a, a very bluey gray and then a very ectoplasmic bluey green and so i was like they're already green so i went to look at how games workshop painted them and i thought they were green on the box is green but they do and the cards up- they're green yeah, they, they do the models that they painted do look very blue. It's weird because the blue is from a gray that they use to shade them. They actually they have a how to paint for this set on their uh-huh. on their YouTube page. You should check it out because the opening stage is just covering them in that green ink. <laughs> it's a it's a pretty cool green ink. But huh. uh it's definitely I I hadn't actually looked at the GW photos for a bit. They do look very blue in these.
1: Yeah. Um No, I was at a game store just before I started painting them. And there was a, a box set that came with one uh, night haunted guy and um, a bunch of paints and like a starter guide mm-hmm. and I was holding it. I'm like, eh, maybe I should get this and then do them kind of bluey. And I was like, you know what? I just, I, I want to do them green. I just do. Yeah. No, so just do what, you,
0: do what you like. That's uh, that's the whole point of painting them. I found a picture. This is definitely making me see the blue more. Uh, because I thought there's a green in this picture that I thought was more the green that they are. And I think it's a better representation of, of at least part of it, of, of the green shade of the the ink that they make for these guys. Uh, the the kind of uh-huh. candle flames. Uh, that is definitely green. But yeah, this, this is actually making me see
1: the blue. Well, the flames are super green, but like I look at those guys and I see a pale blue because
0: i i see a pale turquoisey green but i think it's riding a line where it depends on, it's like with purples it depends on how our eyes translate the uh yeah. the midground well
1: yeah turquoise is more accurate than blue yeah but it's it's definitely skewed more toward the blue of the color wheel yeah than uh than green
0: i think it's like i think it's like to me i'm like i'm seeing a very bluey green and you're seeing like a very greeny blue
1: I'm just seeing a really light blue. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I'm not really seeing much green at all. <laughs> like, I see turquoise and white.
0: I see green everywhere, too. It's weird. Like, all my books are green. All my food is green. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you
1: might I, need to see a doctor.
0: No, nope, I don't need to. I'm perfect in my green world. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm excited you picked up Night Vault. I've been meaning to play more of it, because it's a, it's a super solid game, in my opinion. And they uh, they actually... Earlier this year I want to say, or late last year, Games Workshop did a big step forward because it's it's partly a deck building game as well. Uh-huh. And there as far as I had read, the kind of the meta of the game had become this core of about twenty to thirty cards, and then you would modify the net, the other ten cards, and that's your deck. And it sounded kind of like boring on a competitive level. And so Games Workshop did a humongous shake-up. They banned a whole bunch of cards and then made another whole bunch of cards restricted in that uh if you're using any of the cards on the restricted list you could only have like x number of them i can't remember what it was but you couldn't have all of them in a deck and then i went to to check the reddit afterwards to see the effects this had after a week and everyone was like they've completely brought the game back to life it's completely revitalized it's way more fun this way so it's a it's a well-supported game too
1: well at least at the beginning i'm planning on just playing the cards as they come out of the box and not fiddle around that way oh it's fine especially like that. huh it, yeah. yeah well especially if i'm trying to draw other people in like just keep it as straight out the box as possible like,
0: like um it, huh? basically the box will give you two decks but it'll also give you like a big whack of cards you can use to modify those two decks yeah uh, well
1: I, as i figure out the rules and stuff then i'll yeah I'll, I'll get into that more but like i started buying some of these and really, the game is Underworlds, and there's been two starter sets for it.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's,
1: um, it's Shakespeare and Nightvault. Um, so, starting with Shakespeare, um, I had bought uh, two, two or th- no three of the uh, armies, the war bands, mm-hmm. just because I thought I would have use for them in D and D and stuff. So I got like the the orcs and the skeletons and the skaven sets yeah and uh i i painted up the skeletons before the uh the ghosts so that's a fairly recent paint job too
0: oh right Um, yeah
1: yeah i actually started them months ago and then got sidetracked and then finally got back to them and and finished it Um, man
0: all those cards are interactable too
1: yeah and then Um that set of goblins was coming out for for now Night Vault. And I was like, oh man, those look great. I gotta get those too. And then the the local store was having their fifth Saturday of the month sale. So if there's five Saturdays in a month on that fifth Saturday, everything you could fit in the shopping baskets is twenty percent off. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? I'm I'm getting I'm getting the goblins i'm i have multitude i have like four war bands now i, I should probably just get the rules <laughs> <laughs> and if it's 20 percent off you know that's that's better than paying full price
0: and there's like there's a whole there's websites full of deck lists too you can just look up for all those war bands like you know some deck lists you can make you can just fill in the cards you don't have with other ones that fulfill the same role uh-huh. got a bunch of simultaneous decks going have have you opened up those goblins yet
1: uh i just opened them and looked at the sprues i haven't that that I haven't started getting them together yet
0: that plastic color on those goblins is some is legit hideous to my <laughs> eyes it's just like the most it's the most congealed yellow plastic cuz they they pick a plastic color for every warband for people who don't paint them cuz it's supposed to be like you know you can push fit the models and just go to play uh, yeah. But those goblins are on the sickliest, pastiest, crustiest looking yellow color of plastic I've ever seen. Uh, and uh, I, I can concur with this. It's a, it's a fairly regular occurrence on the Zar. It's called Zarbags Gits, the Goblin Warband. They have some real big mold flash lines uh, on some of the components. Um, I had to go over with an X Acto knife a bit. Like, usually I don't do that on every single model but on them even i was able to see on at least on my copy i was like there's a big ass mold seam line right on this hood uh it just looks like a mold seam line on this hood so i said, "I just scrape an exacto across it and it went away but
1: yeah on my ghosts as i was cutting them from the sprues i missed a couple of the cut spots mm. and then by the time i realized they were still there i'd already primed them yeah and then some of them didn't fit together quite quite right, and I have some gaps.
0: I had that with the push fit models um. too. Like I, some of those push fit models, this um, I don't think it was the Night Vault ones, but some, another set of Stormcasts from that game. Like I had to like modify be- basically every single peg and tab, or like, it just makes any sense, I had to lubricate some of them with glue to go in. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Because I was gluing them as well, but I was like, I can't actually push fit this together. It's, it's it's not going in. The peg is too thick. <laughs> uh, that's cool. Uh, I'm glad you're able to get them on a good deal too.
1: Yeah, we got to run. Go of ahead. the pictures I tweeted of them, the the one of them all together with them reflecting off the countertop. Uh, I was really happy with how that reflection came out. I wasn't planning on it, yeah. but it looks great.
0: Yeah i'm going to double check it now i'm on your twitter page oh yeah oh yeah that looks awesome
1: yeah (laughs) that was not planned like i took one picture and they weren't fully reflected from how i framed it they were cut off and i was like holy crap look how reflected i gotta do this again and make sure i get them all in the frame
0: (laughs) also now that i'm looking at them after having just looked at the game's workshop paint jobs your green i thought was just a slightly darker and more saturated look from what i thought i remembered seeing on the photos on the box but no yours Uh is a lot more defined green it's a lot more
1: obviously green uh
0: i like your i like i like how it turned out because it contrasts super hardcore on the black bits
1: yeah well just like a bright green and black is one of my most favorite color combinations yeah like black and like a neon green oh so good
0: Yeah, you must like a a nice slice of lime in your Coca Cola, (laughs) because it's black. Lime's green. Yeah, that's right. Stop it. Well, we got to get some money games of Night Vault (laughs) going at TFCon next time we're uh, in the same in the same place.
1: I'll come with my straight out the box (laughs) deck, and you'll have your like super tuned mega deck.
0: Just playing my win on turn one Far Strider's power deck.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. Anything else uh, off topic on your end you want to talk about?
1: I don't believe so. All right. I've been keeping it tight since uh TFCon. Trying to anyway.
0: I, I was going to and then I failed. Uh but you know. What's what's life without a little bit of that? A little bit of that, that F failure. Mm-hmm.
1: Well and my birthday is kind of coming up pretty quick oh. and I was warned away from buying myself anything else until then
0: <laughs> yeah that's legitimate yeah i uh I got my hands i got i put my hands out and got my got a couple samplings of uh well i, I bought them didn't get actual samples of uh the two new Hasbro six inch toy lines that are debuting uh in this space of thirty days so uh I managed to find number one. One of those Power Rangers lightning collection figures at a local EB games. These are currently a bit of a toy collector story uh, as of the end of April because targets in the States have them on shelves, but the registers are locked out from scanning them. And that's leading to frustrations. Uh, it's also leading to some anecdotes, which are kind of like, remember that people working retail at Target are also humans and and many of them are actually your peers and don't treat them like garbage, please. Um. But uh, Power Rangers Lightning Collection, I got the 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 red Dino Charge Ranger or uh, Q, Ren, uh, Q Ranger Red. Uh, I can't remember his Q Ranger name now. Q Ranger, no, no, not Q Ranger. G- not G Ranger, Q ranger I always forget which one is the Dino Charge series because I always say Q Ranger, which is a series after it. Anyway, the figure's all right. Uh, the joint tolerance in the shoulder was ridiculous. He's got like these sort of. I don't know if Marvel Legends always does this, but this one has a lot of detent plastic joints and the shoulder detent going outwards on on one shoulder was ridiculously tight. I had to kind of pry the the disc open and get some uh lubrication in there with some shock oil. Now it's now it's a bit better. Uh but it's Not glue. G- Correct. I do not put glue in to lubricate uh moving joints. I put that in to lubricate. Well, I'm not going to talk about that on this podcast. Uh I'm I'm into the figure uh, if I had a problem with it, it's, it's actually a kind of a Marvel Legends problem. Like, the, these, this figure has hand swaps. It has a head swap for an unmasked head, which looks pretty good. It's got weapons. It's got an effect part. The hand swaps, none of the hands are pairs, which means uh, you, you never really end up with a neutral set of hands because he has one closed fist. His right hands are basically a closed fist and a weapon-holding hand, and his left hands are a posing hand and then a karate chop posing hand. So they're all useful for very specific poses, but you don't have anything neutral. And I really would have given a whole lot uh, to have just a matching fist so I could just have a two fists look because that's, that's neutral enough. Uh, also, the red Dino Charge Ranger looks like probably the weakest figure of the four in wave one. This is the one I found at EB and getting it there was cheaper than getting it anywhere else. Um, so I, I'm into it enough that I still want to get the rest of wave one see how they turn out. Uh I was just very surprised by the ridiculous tightness of the shoulder joint. Uh, it's the right shoulder joint specifically. And then I was at Toys R Us over the weekend, and I think I just caught these while they were going on shelves. I, f- I saw an Overwatch figure from Hasbro's Overwatch line. So I I, g- uh-huh. I grabbed that, too. I saw a Sombra lying on, on the bottom of a shelf. Uh, so I picked up Sombra. Uh, The Overwatch stuff, I've seen side-by-sides. They're around 6-inch scale, but they also look small next to other 6-inch scale toys. They're kind of more in scale with themselves, apparently. Uh, So the thing about Sombra, uh, similar joint layout to the Power Rangers ones, except she's missing a boot cut um, because there's not really any sculpting to add one in on her design. Um, And the thing I didn't realize until I actually pulled her out of the box is I thought her... I just assumed, because I saw joints on her sleeves, that the jacket was just the torso sculpt. But the, the jacket without the sleeves is an entire PVC piece wrapped around her body and glued shut. Uh, it does not prevent the use of her joints in the torso and hips. Uh, they're all still workable, even the, the ab joint. It's, it's, it's thin enough you can still work all the joints, but thick enough that it also just starts to get in the way of some poses. Uh, and also on mine, the hip ball joints are ragged all loose when they are not out at least 30 degrees. Uh, You know, that weird thing where the ball joints work until they're in a certain position and they just kind of feel like they're not there all of a sudden? Um, Happens with mine. Uh, Sounds like maybe that might be a specific thing to mine. I'm going to try to fix it with some floor polish. But she's also got one set of hand swaps. The thing with her is she has no instructions and all four of her hands look almost identical. And I really could have used a guide for the hand swaps. I figured it out. The ones on her inbox are her basic hands. And then she has one swap for her right hand, which is almost imperceptibly wider open in the fingers to accommodate her gun. Uh, and then her alternate left hand is a different pose and it happens to be the one that fits the three little holes poked into her like holographic keyboard for her effect part. Uh, there are no instructions telling you how it works. I had to kind of suss it out and I I think there should have been a little slip of paper because it's, it's kind of odd. Even if, if you have played the game, if you haven't, you would have no idea what to do. Um, and uh, I think the figure turned out fine overall. The The face printing on her, I thought, looked really... It looks great in person. It's very hard to photograph, which is just like a lot of Marvel Legends toys uh, and fig art that use face printing. Uh, doing close-up photos means you can see the dots per inch. Uh, it, it looks better in person, I think. Um, the thing about her is that she has a lot of paint on her head and on her jacket, but her actual limbs are where the paint was siphoned away, I guess is how I'd put it. Um to the point where I kind of I think it's because of the price point and I'm kind of like it would be neat if y'all could have added some more it basically it's a bunch of more gunmetal paint apps I think um for some of the leg detailings and and the fingers. Uh it makes her in some angles look a lot less painted than she really is. Um if you're not like really focusing on the jacket and the face. Uh, all the Overwatch figures seem to have a really cool gradient effect somewhere. She's got one on her leggings going down into those, like, weird, uh, like, cyberpunk toe shoes. Um, which, it, like, basically going down the leggings, there's a gradient effect, but then there's all this sculpted detail that is just either solid pink or solid turquoise. And uh, I I really wish some of it had been picked out. So I might try doing that myself. Um, also on the fingers, like, all the weird, like, uh, cyber... Exoskeletal keyboardy stuff on her fingers is sculpted on there, but the the hands are just solid purple. So there's, there's good stuff going on. I think it's a it's a pretty cool line. There's there's some good stuff going on. I want to pick up a couple more uh, and see if my hip uh, joint quality was a one off thing. I really want to know what the Reinhardt is like because I, I like Reinhardt a lot and I, I'd like a toy of him. Uh, I've had the comment that these look okay, but the figmas look better. And like, yes, absolutely, the figmas are two to three times the cost of these, so they should look and feel better but these are great for people like me who who kind of dig overwatch but don't want to buy figmas of everybody uh i'm, I'm kind of into this my only bummer is that they're opening up with some skins i'm not really interested in and i kind of wish they had just gone straight in to do all the base skins first because uh, like the single pack reaper is black watch uh reaper before he's reaper it's just dude in a toque yeah and it's a really boring looking toy if i'm being honest and uh soldier 76 i didn't see any of the two packs but the two pack with soldier 76 is him and anna and it's anna but in a skin it's a cool looking skin at least it's way better than the reaper one that they chose but i think it's a shame that like a the reaper toy is in a really boring skin before the the iconic one and then like 76 in his base skin is packed in with a more specialized anna and i'm I'm hoping that's not going to be the case going forward. I'm really optimistic looking at, like, the the two-pack with Mercy and Farah because it's them in their iconic looks, and I think that's what the toy line should probably focus on.
1: Yeah, I would would prefer them all to be in their base skin, even when those aren't the ones I would use playing the game. Also, holy crap, if these came out when I was really playing Overwatch... I would be buying all of them all the time, but uh, I haven't played Overwatch in months and months, and uh, so it makes it easier. You gotta stay away from I it had, lest you get sucked back yeah. into. Like I knew I had seen um, the Ana, but I just pulled up a picture to see, and like, yeah, that's one of the cooler skins for. Her.
0: Yeah, like I, I like that they're doing toys of uh, alternate skins because, like, going forward, I'm like, yeah, there's some skins I would I would uh, happily pay money to get a hold of as action figures. Uh is just, like, picking Blackwatch Gabriel over legit Reaper. Yeah. I'm kind of like, who made that decision? Uh, and I hope that's that someone smacked him with a pencil afterwards <laughs> for making such a bad decision. <laughs> It'd uh, be
1: like if the first Lucio that came out was Lucio in hockey gear. <laughs> yes!
0: Exactly! Like, the Gabriel, obviously, that is an important look, like, lore-wise, but for the first Reaper figure, like, do Reaper, you know? <laughs> uh anyway, I, I think the toys are fine. I think that basically the, the Lightning Collection and Overwatch Ultimates are both very on par. Uh they are just as effective and flawed as Marvel Legends and Black Series feel to me, all in different ways from line to line. Uh Overwatch and Power Rangers visually do more for me than Marvel characters and Star Wars characters, so I'm kind of happy I have a i'm I'm getting to to taste the you know Hasbro section stuff in a way where i' I'm really into the visuals um just for my own tastes uh but yeah, um that was the bulk I think of what I got this week. I'm like, oh, no, I talked about that already that is the bulk of what I got this week uh i had I feel like I had something else to say, but I don't remember what it was, so it can't have been important so uh Seth, I believe that brings us to the end of this podcast
1: you know by the time this comes out we're gonna be in a post avengers endgame world well our, is when is that coming out this weekend oh or like thursday night or something
0: oh god i guess i should probably go see it uh have you have
1: you heard the big fan theory no. about ant-man
0: yeah i've heard the thanus is- theory i saw the russo <laughs> brothers talk i heard them say the word thanus and that made me happy enough i was i was down with that
1: i i exposed my girlfriend to it uh she had she had not heard of it she does not uh soil herself by going into those parts of the internet um okay here's what so she had not heard it i brought it to her attention i showed her some memes and she was in hysterics
0: when you say the <laughs> when it comes to the thanus meme when you say those parts of the internet at this point you are talking about the entire internet.
1: Yeah, pretty like, much. <laughs> like she hates the internet.
0: <laughs> like that thing is is uh one of the most mainstream things I've seen in a long time. Uh but yeah, I guess that movie's, yeah, you're going to have seen that movie by the time you're listening to this if you care about it. Um I do want to go see it. I didn't end up getting to see Captain Marvel in theaters, but I think I am just going to go see this because I didn't see Doctor Strange before I saw Thor Ragnarok, and it ended up making me like Doctor Strange more. So, uh, you know, this will do the same thing, I'm sure. Uh, anyway.
1: Yeah, and Captain Marvel was fine.
0: No, I mean, I, I heard it was. I heard it was it's great. Fine. I, I want to check it out. Um, there's an Ian in my building really liked it. Uh, yeah, it
1: it doesn't like I can't think of anything that's in it that is especially relevant to um the whole Thanos story yeah except for she's a lady from space with powers
0: and I knew that already so because I'm a keener
1: and back in the day she knew Nick Fury yeah like that's that's all you need to know
0: and they and they kind of intuited that at the end of that last Avengers movie
1: also boy do they get ham-fisted with one of the music choices
0: (laughs) I mean Bumblebee did (laughs) that too
1: there's a lot of great great um 90s songs in that movie
0: yeah
1: um like they're they use an elastica song and that just reminded me oh yeah i i used to listen to elastica a lot let me find that on amazon music and listen to it one day oh yeah this record's great Thank you, Captain Marvel, for reminding me about Elastica. mean, you
0: look into the executive producer credits, and one of, one of the credits is just Elastica. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I uh, hope that those of you going to see it enjoy the film. You know, please be respectful of the people working at those theaters. I just saw a tweet link where some theaters are going to be open for a nigh on four days straight showing this movie, which means the employees working there are going to uh, really enjoy the weekend, quote unquote. So, you know, be kind, pick up after yourself, crying out loud. Don't, don't pee on the floor. Don't barf.
1: Yeah. Like I've been walking out of some theaters where it looks like somebody ate half of their popcorn, decided, I don't want any more of this. I'm just going to pour it on the floor. Like it's like, what?
0: Again, those are your peers doing those jobs. Have some friggin'
1: Yeah. uh, And I've gone to movies with people where we're getting up and leaving and they're just like oh here's my garbage i'm just gonna leave this here i'm like why don't you carry your garbage out it's like well it's their job to pick it up i'm like no it's their job to make this place not look like a friggin desk des-, des, desolate trash heap <laughs> before the next group comes in you can make their job a little bit easier by just carrying your cup out with you
0: <laughs> to the trash cans that line your entire walk out of the theater yeah uh but yeah i could yell about that for and a while. they're
1: all standing there waiting for you to finish leaving so they go in and you. pick it up they're
0: watching you do this too yeah
1: <laughs> yeah and you're just gonna walk by like i love a bunch of crap there for you just carry your stuff out yeah the entitled little prick. <laughs> other humans do these jobs.
0: Don't if someone can't for store policy sell you an action figure. Don't friggin' spit on them. Like <laughs> anyway, that was the thing that went around yeah, Twitter like, the other
1: day. Like if if some idiot kid was like bah! and dumped their popcorn out by accident, that's you know, that happens. Yeah. But don't don't make their job more difficult by you being like, whatever, I just took this red vines wrapper and threw it under the seat
0: <laughs> yeah oh no i didn't just leave my garbage on the floor i also kicked it all way back under my seat yeah because i i am assuming that means it'll disappear and then you can't oh, see the... me shrugging and shaking my head a whole
1: bunch all the theaters around here are putting in big ass recliners so under the seat like you gotta like lift the foot up to get under there yeah you're real jerk anyway uh, be, a real jerk. be kind
0: and uh, until we talk to you again also stay safe <laughs>